everyone. Welcome back to Who's There. I'm your host, Allison. If you're new here, thank you for joining us. This is a podcast where I talk to a new horror fan every week because I hope to destigmatize what it means to be a horror movie fan. Because most of us are just regular people who like the adrenaline rush of being scared for some reason, and here we delve into those reasons. I hope that those of you in the U.S. had a great Thanksgiving, and we are on the road to binging holiday horror in December, so let me know what the first holiday horror movie is going to be that you watch. I watched Black Christmas 2019 last night. I loved it. I love that one. Yeah. This week on the pod, I have an interview that came from all the way across the ocean with Larry from the Road to Nowhere podcast. We had his co-host Andy Connor on last year, and I was super excited to chat with Larry this time around. He told me why he loves Jalo film so much, why he hates jump scares, and how him and Andy came up with the idea for Road to Nowhere. You might also hear me on a future episode of their podcast talking about Mike Flanagan. One last thing before we get into this episode, if you love the show and haven't left us a review on iTunes yet, I'd be so grateful if you could take a second to rate and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and subscribe to our feed wherever you listen to us. Thank you to everyone who's already left us a review. It's so appreciated as it really helps people to find us. I think I've rambled enough, so let's get into this episode with Larry. Hey, Larry, how are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Do you want to start by telling everyone a little bit about yourself? My name is Larry Reed. I am a co-host on Road to Nowhere podcast. I'm also a writer for The Geek Show and soon to be another another show coming up soon as well. Another about action movies, but yeah, generally just a podcaster, writer, big movie nerd. I'll think you should see my big Terminator 2 post of image now, but so just a massive... Film nerd, horror mostly is what I'm into. Um, horror and action are my biggest passions. Awesome. I know my friend Matt would really love your Terminator 2 <laughs> poster, so he's going to be excited to hear about it. Yeah, awesome. But first things first, what's your favorite scary movie? It, has, it probably has to be John Carpenter's The Thing. Nice. Um, why, why that one? I think it just, it's one of the ones I kind of first remember seeing when I was a, a kid, being, show, being shown it and being like literally like, this movie is just everything that encompasses kind of a horror movie because it's, it's had, I, I was a big Kurt Russell fan from seeing Big Trouble Little China. That was a big movie when I was a kid. So seeing him sort of like in a scary role, he was sort of a big action hero of mine when I was a kid. And the practical effects are amazing. The, the kind of tense atmosphere of it. And John Carpenter, I love John Carpenter on the whole. All his movies are just amazing. I've, even goes from Mars. I'll use. I'll go back for that movie. Uh, I just think it just think it just all encompassing. I think everything comes together. The soundtrack's amazing. The story's really good. The acting's amazing in it. The practical effects are just stunning by Rob Poutine. I think they're even now. They when I watch them now, I've, I've seen it so many times now. It's still kind of very impressive to me. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's probably one of my favorite. favorite not only my favorite scary movies, but one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah, uh, everything basically. Awesome. Have you seen the 2011 one that they did, the I, prequel? I've seen bits of it, yeah. I got kind of quite into the... Well, I've seen kind of part, but maybe half of it, I think. Then I sort of like, oh, I just I just couldn't do it really. But <laughs> I've, 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 read, I've watched a lot of stuff about, again, the practical effects side of it, what they were going to do with it, which I find is quite more, a bit more interesting than the actual film. But as a thing film, it's not bad, but you can't really... You're, you're, not batting the home run when you've got such a big film to kind of to try and remake essentially. I know it's got to come from a different way, but when you've got such a healthy climb, it's 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 always going to be a kind of hard job to do. 
So how did you first fall in love with the horror genre? It's probably through my mom. mom my mom and tangentially my dad a little bit more. My mom, mom would be, was very lax in terms of what she would let us watch when we were kids. As well as my, my gran as well. Like Strangely enough, we'd, when we should babysit us, we'd go to the video store and like, rent these movies. And because maybe they had puppets or maybe they looked like kind of like stupid little monsters, she went, oh, that's for kids, that's fine. Not really a reason like it was like an 18 or something for like, so I got to see things like Meet the Feebles and I got to see things like The Willies, which is a weird, really weird anthology movie, like Creep Show. And it was really scary. <laughs> and I watched this stuff and I was like, I look at my brother going, are we allowed to watch this? Like, what's what's the, it's like the obviously elicit of like, should we be watching this? But oh, we're getting to watch this as like quite adult. For, we're only like five or six or seven or maybe, we're, so we're, but we're getting to watch these quite scary and quite graphic movies. And so I think my mum is definitely the biggest kind of catalyst in that. And now, like even my later life, we talk about, we go to see scary movies together. We watch stuff together. We kind of swap DVDs and like Shudder. We, you know, we're going to go talk about our Shudder picks and stuff like that. So yeah, it's always been my mum has been the kind of catalyst in terms of getting me into scary movies and just being like, not being like scared of showing me stuff. We had a big kind of conversation. Was over here recently into the house. We're having dinner, and we're talking about like, when I watched Porter Guys for the first time when I was a kid. Accidentally, my dad had taped over my Jungle Book video with Porter Guys. So like, halfway through, like the bare necessities, it goes into like the big kind of Carlan bit. I was like, "Oh, what's this?" <laughs> it was so really, really scary. So it was really kind of. It's I think it's just a kind of big, like a lot of people is it's just your parents being sort of cool enough or lax enough to say yeah you can watch this it's fine so that's why i got to see like films like predator and stuff as well when i was a kid because they were just in the house like we were a lot of fucking horror movies and action movies and movies that probably went for kids really we were just kind of given access to so we and we had a video player like in our room so we could just go like right sneak this upstairs and like watch this like <laughs> as a, you know mom and dad are asleep you know with headphones on yeah. thing. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah so that's it really yeah that's awesome. I love that your mom helped get you into horror yeah. and your grandma. <laughs> yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Accidentally, I don't think she wanted me to do, to do that because she was quite, in the later life, she was like, when I watched the X-Files, she would be, she was standing in front of the television. I'm like, what? It's like, I've seen worse than this already, Grace. It's like, anyway. <laughs> so why do you think that people who seem perfectly sane love the horror genre? I don't know. It's like, it's, you would think it would be very strange for us to love blood and gore and guts and not, I'm not a big fan as much of the stream stuff, but I'm sort of learning a little bit through like our podcast and meeting some people that are into more stream stuff. But I don't know. I think it's maybe just the, the like we talk about the the illicitness of it. I think it's the like watching stuff that you know that even people who are kind of quite afraid of death find like I'm I'm petrified of that stuff. It's like I've got you know terrors about it completely. But I think watching these things, I I see maybe like okay, we other people getting slaughtered. So I think that's a bit. I think it's maybe kind of a mortality thing. It's about like seeing people get murdered and sort of go, well, I'm not, I'm fine. I'm not like, even though that we're just sort of marched. It's, just, it's gone really morbid. Uh, so <laughs> it's, I think it's just a kind of, it's, it's just seeing something illicit and seeing something we're, we're normally scared of and on the kind of big screen or in the small screen at home and things that we kind of maybe sort of frightened and seeing that things that are unknown. I think that's for me. I have like somebody that's like, thinks he's seen ghosts and, you know, it's quite, interested in the kind of paranormal and stuff i think that's a big thing for me it's about seeing stories about the kind of strange things that 
are going on or have happened or historically happened. I think that's part of my interest in it, I think. Awesome. So you've watched a lot of horror movies over your life. Yes. <laughs> I'm assuming that what scares you has changed. What scares you today in film and in real life? I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you recently when I've been watching stuff, been watching stuff for kind of podcasts and such stuff for like research, even though I can handle slashers and I love slashers, love giallos so, so much. When it comes to like ghost stuff and like, I'm really, really bad with jump scares. As much as like, I really, I, I've been watching, uh, I watched Oculus and Ouija for the podcast recently, the last couple of days, in fact, and I just couldn't, could not jump at stuff like just I, I, it's, it, I can handle stuff that's really gory and like graphic but I can't handle jump scares <laughs> I just find it's like, like oh like the noises is, is what scares me I think yeah and things in the dark I think it's always kind of creepy people creepy people with creepy faces is what scares me like the thing that most scared me the most recently in, in big kind of horror movies was in Hereditary where you're sort of kind of where it all sort of kicks off a little bit more that's sort of like I can like a naked person in the darkness, mm. just smiling. Yeah, that really creeped me out. That was one of the things that would creep me out the most about that movie, and a film that's like completely filled with things that creep you out. Yeah, that stuff kind of freaks me out. Like sort of pleasant people, <laughs> I suppose <laughs> people being nice and like in like in a weird sort of way. That kind of scares me quite a lot. Yeah, so yeah, just the kind of like just the weird sort of like old people and children. I think as well, like creepy children are sort of a, a yeah. big thing as well like scare me yeah children are frightening <laughs> <laughs> i think i think because i've got two young sort of niece and nephew and they're kind of like very quiet and stuff i think <laughs> i'm like just i'm noticing like i like i don't want it to be creepy so i'm just looking out for them i think it's a i think it's a orphan fan in me uh, which looks out for little children <laughs> little yeah. people <laughs> that's understandable <laughs> yeah, um absolutely Speaking of like people in the dark and weird faces, have you has Smile or Barbarian gotten to Glasgow yet? We've seen, we've seen Barbarian Smile. I haven't watched yet. It's on demand now, so I'm going to watch that because I'm really looking forward to it. But yeah, Barbarian, I really loved. We had we yeah. just podcasted about it maybe just in October, end of October. Andy got Andy got, nicely got to go down to the premiere for it. Oh, um, nice. I was left. I was left in the dust. Thank you very much, oh, Andy. Oh no! Uh, no, 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 no. It's just, a, just a working thing. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we got I got to watch it on demand and stuff. And I, I, I think it's that's probably my favorite horror film of the year. I would say. Yeah. I'd maybe have to sort of proper sit down and think about it. But in terms of the horror film that I'm looking for, it definitely lived up to the hype. Yeah, because it's also quite it's quite. A, we're not obviously not going to talk about any sort of spoilers in it, but it's very like, it's very fun. Yes, it's it, it's, it it sort of it skews all over the place, and which is which is what I like in movies, like a good bit of a twist. Oh, it was it was so it was the the cuts were so jarring in that yeah, movie. Yeah, it's very I fun. Loved it. Yeah. So, what's your favorite subgenre in horror? Probably slashers or giallos. I would say I really like Dario Argento. Umberto Bava, I like Mario Bava, all the sort of Italian ones I like. Mm-hmm. And slashers, obviously, I just like the kind of your kind of very dodgy slashers, like Final Exam and Prom Night and Slaughterhouse High and stuff like that. So I think nice. those ones are probably my favourite. I like sort of like knockoffs of like 
the kind of what they came in a wake of, you know, Halloween and Friday the thirteenth, those kind of things that I think are really interesting. April Fool's Day and stuff like that. Those sort of like through the killer's eyes kind of films I really like. But yellows are probably my biggest thing, the most biggest kind of I'm passionate about. Um okay. I tried to go through I was gonna I sat down recently after I went to see Kayla Janice talk about House of the Celtic Women, her book. And I was like, I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna I'm gonna look at all these yellow movies that are, that ever is. I don't know why they inspired me, but I really I went and write them down. I was like, oh no, it's like a thousand of them. I was like, I'm not gonna get through these. I'm just gonna give up on that. <laughs> give up on that plan. So, but it was it's. I just think I've. But thankfully, when I went through the list, I've seen quite a lot of them. So, I'm quite lucky in that. But that's probably my favorite in terms of if I want to sit down and want to watch something, I'm really want to be impressed by. I find those films really interesting. The acting, not not so much, but I find the kind of the the their look and aesthetic and. They're always kind of very beautifully films and beautiful soundtracks and they're always very interesting. I think I just think that's probably my favourite in terms of the kind of films I would go to watch and uh, my kind of viewing, yeah. I suppose. Awesome. Yeah, that Jalo films are definitely a blind spot of mine because like mm. you said, the acting is not very good. Yeah, but, definitely um, not. <laughs> would Suspiria, the original one, count yes. as a Jalo? Okay, I watched that. I would say that. so, yeah. I would say yeah. so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely, I would say so, definitely. definitely but yeah. Maybe it's, it's, more of, it's more of a kind of a a supernatural sort of film in, in reality, okay. but I think I think it's definitely out there. Like like that and like Tenebrae and Burrow the Crystal Plumage and stuff like that. I think they're all the kind of yeah. the, the best ones, I feel. Okay. Argento's the kind of like the, the master of those kind of films. Yeah. Not so much late, later life. I don't, I'm not, I've yet to sort of sit down and watch Dark Glasses yet. And, mm. um, but after talking to Rob from Uncut Podcast, he was like, not a shite. I was like, okay, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I'll, I need to watch it though because I need to be like, I need to be, a, I'm, a, I'm a gentle purist. I need to kind of, I need to see even even his bad stuff when he made Dracula. <laughs> I, need, I need to see him at his worst as well as his best, so. I'm trying to see if I've seen any of his other movies. Is Dario Argento, did he do Climax? And no, that's Gas- Gaspar Noe. Yeah, Gaspar Noe. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw um, that. But may, may have seen Phenomenon, maybe. Phenomenon with... with uh, no, I didn't see that. I'm looking, he did tra- Trauma, Unsane. Trauma. Yes, yeah, Trauma. Yeah, I've never, yeah. Seen, never seen any of those. The only one I've seen is the original Suspiria. So I have some catching I'm up gonna- to do. I'll make some list. I'll make a little list for you. All right, thank you. <laughs> so I might already know the answer to this, but who are your favorite horror directors? Uh, Dario Gento. I like obviously John Carpenter. Um, I'm like I love Mike Flanagan now. I think he's kind of one of the new the new guys. I think that's yeah. making some really good. I, I said I hadn't. I watched, just watched Hush last night again mm. uh, for the second time, and I think that's an amazing film. Because it's very tight in terms of like, because it's like there's only maybe like three or four people in it in the whole in the whole film, mm-hmm. uh, and most of it is just Katie Siegel and the other gentleman. I don't remember his name, but John Gallagher uh, Jr. Yeah, 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 John Gallagher. Jr. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's an amazing movie. So I think that he's got a lot of stuff to, he's got a lot, a lot of things to go forward with. I really like Midnight Mass. I like the haunting haunting series. Is yeah. Uh, wasn't big. I'm not a biggest fan of the Midnight Club. I thought it was okay, but yeah. I find it a little bit, maybe a little bit childish for me, maybe a little bit, a little bit too. I'm are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> and I think right. a, a bit too goosebumpsy, yeah. which my girlfriend loves. Yeah, so I think that those I think who else would really like? I like Mario Bava. I like hmm, David Cronenberg. I would, I would say those are probably, and then is it Pat? I'm gonna I'm probably gonna praise is it Pascal Logier? 
I think they did did Martyrs. That's another one of my favorite movies. That's your um, favorite. That's one of your favorite movies. Oh my god! I would say so. Yeah, yeah, I love that movie. Like, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's like it's easy to watch or it's not something I can put down on. I can watch a million times, but like the thing, but it's like it's certainly a movie that I think is a, an amazing piece of cinema. I'm trying to look up who, yeah, Pascal, yeah, Pascal Logier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was a yeah, movie so. to watch. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. It's it's a hard it's a hardcore movie, and I think it's I've I've read a review about recently, and they're talking about like it's just it's not a movie that you can really sit down and enjoy. In yeah. a way, it's it's more of a an experience movie, and more of a kind of movie you, that you want you want to see because it's such a an interesting fucked up movie. But it's not something you can go back to a million times and like like oh let's just stick stick this on like let's put martyrs on and like have some popcorn. It's <laughs> it's a kind of a it's a it's a hard movie to kind of to swallow. I remember showing up my girlfriend like she's like well bring some horror movies over to the house one night and we we're going early early days of us going out. And I brought that over, and our friend was just like, "What? What the fuck?" I don't think I, I don't think I endeared her to that to, to me at that point. But no, I think my girlfriend kind of quite quite enjoys of the pushing I have of getting into kind of horror movies and pushing the boundaries a little bit. As I say, I'm not a big fan of extreme, so Mars is probably the most extreme that I would really go. Okay. In terms of those kind of movies, though, I have seen some kind of more fucked up movies. Like I've seen a Serbian film, which is okay. And I've, I've seen Union Centipede, I suppose, but just kind of kind of classed as sort of an extreme film, that, but it's more kind of campaign daft, I guess. Okay. Um. I haven't <laughs> seen a Serbian film or Human Centipede. I will probably never watch either. Yeah, but... I mean, I, 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 it's hard to it's hard to see to come off here and go, I recommend watching him because the, no, <laughs> just because no, uh, I don't <laughs> think you really, really, really need to watch them, but. Yeah, I, I can't think. I mean, in terms of like, just to kind of go off a tangent here, talking about Gaspar No, Irreversible. I don't know if you've ever seen that before. I haven't. I recommended it to one of my friends who likes really yeah. extreme horror movies, and he was like, "That was awesome!" In like a dark way. And I found yes. it. I found it. I found the DVD for sale in a thrift store, and I was mm-hmm. like, "You want me to buy this for you?" He's like, "It's the best." He didn't say <laughs> it was the best, but he was like, "You." He was like, "It was wonderful." I was like, "You're sick." Um, yeah, but I, so haven't, like, I haven't seen it. <laughs> yes, yeah, I mean, again, it's another film that I, I, I don't think that. Yeah. I think I think it, from a from a film fan's point of view, I think it's an inter- a good film, and it's very well directed, and it's you know really gorgeous in terms of the way way it looks and cinematography. But again, it's very hard going. I remember actually, I went to see, I've seen it with my friend, saw it on DVD years and years ago, maybe about twenty years ago. I went to see it in his house. He's all put us on. And I remember, like, the whole way through the movie, he was fine with everything that happens. And, like, there's, like, sex dungeons. There's, like, obviously there's sexual abuse. Mm-hmm. And the only, fi- only thing that he had found disagreeable was at one point you see Vincent Cassell's pubic hair. He's like, why'd you have to see that? I was like, what do you, like, you, we've sat through this whole movie of, like, we're just graphic, graphic violence. And you just don't want to see some French man's penis. And he's like, no, it's disgusting. I was like, all right, well, you get you need to get your priorities right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever watched Funny Games? I have watched Funny Games. Yes, I've yeah. watched both of them, and I and I love them both. I like the American one is really good. Yeah, I I've, I've only fun. seen the American one. I found it for sale in a thrift store. Yeah. So I bought it. That's a rough watch too. I own it now, mm-hmm. but I'll never probably watch it again. 
Yeah, so I, I think I've, I think I've watched it, I've watched it a couple of times and I own it, but again, yes, yeah, it's, it's these films are kind of harder to sort of to say that I love in a sense. I, Mars I do love because it's because it's one of the first kind of extreme films that I really got into in terms of those kind of French films like that and Inside and Frontiers and what's the other one? Calvert, I think it's called. I think it's yeah. called that. A kind of strange, kind of, kind of strange, weird sort of folksy kind of French film. But I just think that one's kind of stood out because it's got an interesting concept and it's kind of, the ending's, ending's so like weirdly vague and interesting. I think it's just something that kind yeah. of sticks to your head. But again, films like, you know, like you can watch films that say urban film because you're sort of enticed by it a little bit. You're like the list again we're talking about. But yeah, it's not films you kind of watch all the time constantly. And I just... I've I've got people with people that we are kind of tangentially know from the podcast, like Zoe Rose Smith and Amber from Hornblood Fire, and they watch them those films all the time. And I'm like, how the how can you fucking do that? I just <laughs> I just don't I just don't I just I'm just like why like what what's what makes you want to sit down at night and go I'm just gonna watch some utter brutal violence and Ooh. I just think it's icky. <laughs> yeah, definitely. What did I watch? Oh, I've heard people compare the new movie Speak No Evil to Funny Games. Have you watched Speak No Evil yet on Shudder? Yes, I have. I've watched it on Shudder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I suppose it kind of is a little bit like that. But I think it's a bit more... No, I think I think Funny Games is a bit more... Maybe a bit more brutal, a bit more a bit more interesting, I think. Speak No Evil was really good. And it was quite kind of bleak. That's kind of when these kind of enders where it's, it's very kind of brutal yeah at the end but it's in the very very bleak and it sort of takes quite a big turn but i suppose it's, it kind of it kind of feels like because it's very european it's i think it's i think it's the accents that kind of pushes that along a little bit <laughs> it's a scene like european guys have been like fucked up i think it's, it's always going to have a sort of a yeah a comparison to funny games okay yeah yeah i think so <laughs> yeah, yeah that movie it it just bored me until like the last really? 15 yeah. minutes i was just yeah. like why are you staying no leave the bunny yeah go. that's what it was i was like i was like why are you like you are too good of a parent yeah the bunny yeah, yeah, does like, not I, matter like, keep going scream, scream scream all you like when i'm not gonna get yeah. murdered thinking much we're gonna yeah. leave these kind of crazy <laughs> bastards but we'll, we'll be no yeah i was definitely like at the times i was like why are you why are you still there why are you yeah. still there it's very yeah. stressful but at the same time it's it's I don't think it's. I don't think it's the most amazing film, but I, I think there's there's kind of plus points to it. It was definitely like a bit more pacey later on in the film. There wasn't much happening between the kind of first bits and when you find out certain stuff in the house. So yeah. I think it's like I, I think I know, I know where you're coming from. So <laughs> you're the co-host of the podcast Road to Nowhere with one of yes. our past guests, Andy Connor. Yes. Do you want to tell everyone who's listening about the podcast and how you came up with the idea for it? Well, it was basically we had a, a mutual friend called Chris does a, a podcast called the 90 minute cynic about kind of Celtic football club and he's also a big kind of movie fan we we used to kind of watch constantly constantly watch movies all the time and always going to go go to fop and buy arrow videos and just be like right who's got the next one to watch for us to watch we'd all pick a group of us and then we sort of lost touch a little bit and then one day he kind of went i've got this guy andy who wants to do a podcast we've been up me and chris are previously on a wrestling podcast he's like i think you'd be good a good fit for it Went, okay, cool, awesome. And then so we, we came together with a few other guys, kind of bounced ideas off each other. And I think it was Andy who came up with the idea of like, why don't we do it this way? It was everything's connected into this 
and I thought it was kind of an interesting idea, another kind of conceit to have for the podcast to be a bit a little bit different. So I think there's so many. I don't know if you know, there's a lot of horror movie podcasts out there, <laughs> uh, or movie podcasts at all. There's a few, I, I, not as much. I think there needs to be a bit more. But he he kind of came up with the the idea, and it was originally just a, quite a few of us. It was maybe like four, maybe five guys. I think at one point in the very early episodes, but then they sort of fell away, and it was just me and Andy, and we sort of started building on that and then we we've obviously got direct to nowhere as well where we talk to guests about their favorite directors and their films which you're going to hopefully gratefully going to yes. come on at some point <laughs> yep. which can be awesome uh but yeah so it's, it's just it's a case of just like we sort of were the last survivors of like a kind of big group of people and just became sort of friends and sort of like started a bit more pushing it so i think we've been a bit more serious recently and trying to give Try to do more stuff and like get some kind of cool people on. We've had some awesome guests, and we've got you know we've got our Batman episode coming up on Tuesday, which is which is quite obviously going to be quite bittersweet considering Ken and Conroy recently passed away. But yeah, well, I think we're I think strangely we're really we're, we've put our schedule up for like next September or something something mad like that. Oh wow! Just because we've got like because we're so like we've can connect connect our films so quickly. Yeah. And so easily we kind of just go, right, well, we had like a big like hour or two hour conversation going like, right, where can we go now, 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 next, next, next one. Next. So we go there, we go that way. So the interesting part of it is basically, if you don't know the conceit of the podcast is that every podcast episode reach, leads into another one by an actor. So we say, for instance, we've got, we've had Body Bags with Mark Hamill in it. Next one is obviously going to be Mark, Mask of the Phantasm, again with Mark Hamill as a joker in it. Then we're going to go from that from Dick Miller who, you know, is a, a huge character actor being being Gremlins, etc. When I go in to speak about Chopping Mall, um, which I've never seen before, which is going to be quite fun for me because it's, it's a, a kind of sci-fi, kind of sort of sci-fi slasher movie, which I should have seen by now, but I haven't. So I'm kind of feeling bad about that. But yeah, so every 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 film sort of feeds into each other. So I, f- I think it's going to kind of come across where we keep going round and round and round. So IMD is a very handy thing to have nowadays to find out <laughs> who's been in whatever, whatever film. But yeah, so that's, it's allowed us to sort of book, book our guests and book our podcast going forward for quite a long time. And I, and I think it'll kind of it'll go ad nauseum until like, until we get bored of it, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> until we decide like, we, until we get a stumbling block where we, we find someone who's like, oh, well, where can we go with this person? We don't. So it's kind of like a sort of a six degrees of Kevin Bacon sort of thing, but everything yeah. connects and everything else. So. Yeah, it's, uh, funnily enough, we're not covering Kevin Bacon yet, but we will do it at one point, I'm sure. <laughs> I love it. That could be your last episode in the. Yeah, that's exactly. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's a very cool concept for our podcast, and I'm really excited to come on, Director to know her and yeah, talk about Mike Flanagan. That's awesome. So, can you tell me about? You mentioned this before. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about the time when you think you saw a ghost? I see ghosts. I think I see ghosts all the time. Okay, well, tell that's, me, that's, tell but, tell me about that because that's so interesting. I I think it's I think it's just a kind of it's a lot of times when it it's warm and it's not very warm in Scotland, I mind you. Yes, uh, but it's in our old house, we, we when we stayed before, when we stayed with my girlfriend's dad, I would see people like the side of the bed. I remember specifically seeing like a kind of like a kind of almost like a kind of warrior guy with like a big sort of staff, like a spear. Mm-hmm. I've seen old women like at the edge of the bed, like in sort of like a kind of like a kind of hoodie jacket, like an old hoodie sort of jacket, like in a peacoat. I just, I, I have sort of like, like it happens with a lot of my, my, my 
stepfather he has a lot of things like that as well like he sees people all the time and I just I don't know if, I don't know you could even I think it maybe comes down to either being like half asleep or that has to be half asleep or I'm actually seeing things which is or really bad medication perhaps but I don't I, it's, it's very strange like my girlfriend never sees anything like that or never hears things like that but I'm like quite self quite conscious of things like that I suppose and I think it's maybe just the, the horror fan of me maybe just I've just watched too many I watch 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 Poltergeist too many times, watch Ghost Watch too many times, and I'm just like wired on to like in the dark. I'm, I've just see things. I think I think it's down to that. I think it's just down to being very aware of of ghosts yeah. and part the paranormal. And my girlfriend watches tons of that stuff all the time. I've grown up with kind of being sort of afraid of things like that and quite kind of afraid of like aliens. There was a specific. I remember very very vividly. There's like a weird documentary about aliens, like alien abductions on, on the BBC, maybe. And I remember them just talking about playing tapes back and I've been really freaked out by it. They were playing tapes of recorded of like aliens talking, which is also like complete bullshit, obviously. But I just remember it being very vivid, like them whispering and I was like, I think it's so scary. Like, so I think that's probably something I've always kind of like been quite, I talked to obviously before about like kind of ghost films being possibly the ones I find the most scariest. Even playing like kind of scary games, I, I find like that's gravity kind of ghost games or I mean, like, things like Resident Evil where it's kind of quite scary, kind of like kind of corpse or zombie stuff. I find that quite weird and kind of jump scary. But yeah, ghost stuff or ghosts is kind of like a thing that I'm sort of used to seeing now anytime it gets directly warm in the house or I'm half asleep or I've not had a lot of sleep. I just tend to see things. So are they there? I don't know. If you know, are they in my imagination? I don't know because um, I'd like to know. <laughs> I, would, I would love to know. It'd be interesting. I, I find all that stuff quite, quite interesting. Not enough to watch like Ghost Adventures or yeah, weird shit like that on the Travel Channel. But <laughs> oh, that, that's um, super. That's super interesting. I don't. know. I, I, um, it's just a very strange thing. Like my girlfriend th- thinks it's very odd that I would see things, but like yeah, yeah, it's very like into watching those types of things and believing those types of guys that talk about like. EMP and stuff like that. I'm like, well, if you don't know why you watch this stuff when you think that like your your boyfriend's a nutter. Oh, because he sees things, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, you could just have a sixth sense. So I could have. Yeah, yeah. I could be like Joel Osment, but this like we, we <laughs> covers over myself like that. Yeah, you see dead people. <laughs> have you ever had an experience where you saw something and you were scared? I remember, like, very vividly. I remember, like, having a night in the older house where I was having a nightmare and I saw something and I was so, so so sure I was awake. I remember trying to get out of my room and my girlfriend like woke up with me like like literally at my door to our, our bedroom like like flat rattling the sort of the door to get out. And I like I got I obviously got out of my bed and like that freaked me out the most I think is is the fact that like I'd I'd, I'd had a nightmare I was scared I'd seen something I got out of my bed, like, not awake, and I woke up at the door, like, literally like that, like, you know, my face-to-face yeah. with the door, like, trying to get out, like, mm. screaming, which is, like, Ooh. which is kind of, like, that was the most scariest thing about it, like, yeah. i definitely seen, and, like, very early on with my girlfriend, this, this, is not, this is, like, scary, but also quite quite funny at the same time, very early on, my girlfriend came to, came to see in my old flat, and we were first sort of going out, maybe, like, a few months into this going out, I woke up and, like, almost like kind of, kind of a Pennywise thing, there was like a a balloon above her head, like almost like mm-hmm. sort of like yeah, like you shape balloons kind of thing of her yeah. face. 
<laughs> like floating above her head. And it, looked, it was so vivid. Oh, wow. I was like literally, I was literally petrified. I was like, wouldn't mind because it was like floating about. And I was like, <laughs> and it was just like way before it, it came out on the, 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 the um, they should say the, the remake came out. It's like so vivid and so scary. Like I know that that's like the daftest thing to be scared of, but it was like so like real to me. Yeah, it was so like so vivid and so like plain in plain sight. Mm-hmm. They just scared the of a shit out of me. Wow. She found it funny, but she was like, "I was like, you don't realize how like scary that actually is to see like something floating above your head, like like you know, like I'm yeah. used to seeing it, you know the the clown when it was Tim Curry, so it really reminded me of that. So that's very very scary. That was just, that was probably the most scared I've ever been in terms of a, a kind of encounter. I use question marks, funny years there. <laughs> so you're in Glasgow, Scotland, and yes. there's a lot of history there and some of it's dark have yes. you ever visited any of the haunted spots in glasgow no i don't I've, I've been to my girlfriend's been up to the necropolis i've not been there before which is quite our famous graveyard which you see in batman okay um, the sort of end scene they drive through the necropolis at the end very end with him and catwoman i've been to stuff in edinburgh and uh, dungeons and stuff like that like mm-hmm. the kind of catacombs and stuff that we have there that stuff's interesting and i think that's there's a not I try to find as much much in Glasgow. I mean, I've been to kind of scary things in Glasgow, but not as not kind of Scottish horror stuff, really. Yeah. And Scottish kind of scary historical stuff. But Glasgow has kind of a rich history, like the Gorbo's Vampire, mm. which is like a very kind of folksy sort of tale when of the kind of nine, I think nineteen twenties maybe about like this kind of got this guy ran ran about the streets of Glasgow and the a kind of sort of a not really a rundown area now. It's quite, quite, quite a kind of poshish area now. Gar- the Garbles, but it's sort of like a just off city centre. This place called the Garbles, which is kind of like sort of when you're going into sort of the south side of Glasgow. There's meant to be the rumour to be a kind of guy that was has sort of like teeth and chased off kids, and you were like sort of a sort of like kind of like what do you kind of compare it to? Sort of the kind of book. I sort of boogeyman, I guess, of Glasgow. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that was like enough, you know, and it was like I think there's like somebody else called the 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 Catman of Hamilton, which is oh. like meant to be a guy that's completely he's kind of shrouded in darkness and he's like pretends like a, a panther. Oh, okay. Huh. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's just that's just more of a, a more of a strange man than than anything. But he exists. He exists. He, and I've there's been pictures of that guy. But the Goblin's Vampire, not so much. But that's it's we're obviously very lucky to have kind of. Some history they don't knock it down here in Glasgow, but yeah, yes, yeah, there's a lot of kind of places to kind of kick about and stuff, and lots of like interesting stories to tell. Scotland, on the whole, is quite has a lot of kind of scary, yeah, history. Yeah, I have not made it to Glasgow or Edinburgh yet, but I really want to visit. When you're when you keep saying or keep referring to Batman, are you referring to the Batman that came out earlier oh. this year? I'm talking or... to yeah, the Matt the Matt Reeves one, yeah, yeah. So okay. that that's like so. The, the one we're recording on on Tuesday, I was talking about earlier in the podcast, was is Mask of the Phantasm, okay. which is the, the animated one with Kevin Conroy. Okay. The one they filmed in Glasgow, the Necropolis, was the the new one, the Matt Reeves one, which has got a lot of its filmed in Glasgow. Same with the Dead with Batgirl, but that one obviously later day, unfortunately. Okay. Um, I didn't get to see, didn't get me Michael Keaton and talk about Beetlejuice with him, which is unfortunate, but or how much I love the first two Batman movies yeah. more specifically, but. Yeah, so they they filmed filmed all he filmed a lot of it here. Oh wow! Um, I didn't know. So that. that's kind of cool. Yeah, they yeah. filmed a lot of films here. I think they get mad tax breaks here, so 
the new Indiana Indiana Jones film was filmed here. Oh, okay. Or parts of it was for for New York were recorded here, yeah. and I say Batgirl, Fast and the Furious. Oh, okay. And all, oh, well, all World movies War Z I've as well. never seen. What? If you see, if you see the 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 main bit in World War Z, where yeah. everything kind of kicks off at the beginning, that's mm-hmm. Glasgow. Oh, okay, cool. That's a place called George Square, which is like, mm-hmm. or it's just kind of off there. That way is where you see them all running about when yeah. the zombies start kicking off. Yeah, that's oh, uh, that's okay. kind of George, that's George Square. So you you can see Glasgow tangentially where I live. Nice. I guess so. <laughs> oh, very cool. I did not like the new the Batman movie. It was too. No, cool. I loved it. It's so good. I thought oh, it was really interesting. I was like, but that's me. Not... Like, I'm just like. More Batman content as well. Like, yeah. More, yeah, yeah. more Batman. <laughs> so an article came out back in 2020 that said that horror movie fans were handling lockdown better than non-horror movie fans. Why do you think that was the case? It's streaming, isn't it? I think it's streaming. As we've got <laughs> to see, like... And because it forces us to kind of go, well, sites like Shudder. Shudder, I think Netflix can out with good stuff. And and just maybe just being like, right, well, I'm going to buy some movies in and just going to, just going to like... We don't get, we're not getting to see stuff in the cinema as much at that time. I'm trying to think of what there was as much stuff as it was because when it was kind of shutting down, we didn't get to see stuff. So I think a lot of directors were kind of putting out stuff, like films like Host and stuff that kind of, yeah, which I, which is what the kind of the sort of perennial lockdown movie when I, when I see it's because it's just it's it's making a use of that sort of atmosphere in that time frame to kind of make something really interesting. So I think she, Jed Shepard made. Amazing, amazing film with that. I think is. I think I. I think it really just comes down to streaming. I think sites like Shudder have just done amazing business by just putting as much content on as possible, making it kind of cheap-ish to to watch stuff. I think it's probably that. I think it's it's mostly because just we are insular people a little bit. <laughs> We're not creatures of you know going out all the time. Still, I'm not. I'm a boring bastard. So I think it's just more about like we're kind of quite happy to be watching films in the dark in the house if we can't watch them in the cinema we'll watch them in the house and we'll just kind of pour over every detail and I think that's we are kind of very very lucky to have you know as many kind of cool sites like Screenbox, Shudder, Prime I think that that's if we didn't have these things I don't think we'd be be doing as good in terms of and that's that's across the board it's not even just horror fans but I think because we get to there's such a breadth of like things like Audible as well. I thought you guys, do you guys have Audible and and yeah, I think of yeah, yeah, you must mm-hmm. have that. And just being able to like read books and read horror books and there's so many great titles you can read. And I think there's a lot of stuff about obviously with new directors coming out, a lot of a lot of horror content now. I think horror's kind of hit a boom in terms of like the kind of content we have now, especially with series stuff like that. Obviously, we like we talked about Mick Flanagan before. We we binge watch those kind of shows and. And enjoy them things like Midnight Mass and Out in a Haunting Comply Manor you know not so much now but you know watching the kind of Midnight Club and Cabinet Curiosities we just have so much stuff at our disposal I think we're I think before I think we, I think when I listened to your podcast before there was kind of a talk of kind of counterculture with horror horror, yeah. horror fans but I don't feel that as I think our counterculture has become more of a bigger mainstream thing. I think horror is a bit more palatable now than it was before, certainly in the 80s and 90s when I was kind of coming up and watching them, those kind of things. But I think there's still, but with, with it becoming more mainstream, I think our community's got a lot better. Thankfully, through doing the podcast and we've kind of got a lot of friends. We've made a lot of friends. Well, through, 
I've got to talk, come on here and talk to you horror, horror with you. So that kind of is a big testament to having like such cool people doing good content. Horror podcasts is on a big boom as well. So I think we're just, we've had such a blast of the community. And now we're like things like in, just in the UK as well, like like Soul Horror Fest and Fright Fest and Grim Fest. I think just like, just the other day, there's so much places for us to to go now to like to yeah. share and sort of a love of horror and love of like the sort of scary stuff that you know we shouldn't really be watching and getting to see such cool things and like especially with things like golf. I know Twitter's dying, but I think we're just so blessed with such an amount of like content and the great movies i say podcasts books i think we're just so happy to be in a good position in terms of us becoming a bit more not mainstream but certainly a bit more coming together i guess a little bit more yeah well, certainly certainly i've not i've noticed i'm sure it's been there for a long time but <laughs> it's been more of an easier thing with the age of the internet i think and age of streaming we can always can talk about you know the newest movies that are coming out and because movies are getting put straight back onto like streaming and stuff now it's a lot easier for us to kind of consume horror movies i think now so how do you decide what you want to watch when you're just hanging out looking for a horror movie to watch mostly it's either either sitting going from my shutter list or i've got a letterbox list as well of stuff i, I want to watch so that's generally that's so i can trying to kick off something off something off my list yeah. like what have i not watched yet what have i need what do i need to kind of watch or <laughs> uh, maybe it's a kind of case of like a lot of times i say we've talked about twitter i think a lot of people is going like i should watch this this is on demand and or I've just watched this, or it's like it's sharing that sort of knowledge a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's mostly just actually my, my shutter list is is quite expansive, so I was working from my way through that and just seeing what's what maybe what's even new on Shudder and what's what's new on. I'm not a, I'm not a show for Shudder by the way, just in case. I'm not in a Shudder <laughs> T-shirt like like going oh, it's, it's, Shudder is really good. You should buy it. It's like blah blah blah. I think it's just yes. I've I've made kind of curated lists of like stuff I need to watch. I can attend that to do a lot of things. I kind of, I used to have, you know, in front of me a big kind of board with like, you know, what do you call them? Memo tape? No. no. Yeah. Like, post-its. You know, post-its. Yeah, post-its. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I was just like, like basically flicking them off, basically which of like, which ones yeah. I've watched. But I think that's kind of the biggest thing. And I'm quite lucky to, I've not looked at my bank account, but I've got a lot, a lot of stream. <laughs> I've signed up, signed up to a lot of streaming stuff, so I'm quite kind of happy when it comes to like stuff I can go and watch. And thankfully, you know, a lot of times it's it's mostly either stuff for the podcast or it's either stuff for like I'm doing reviews for. Or, yeah, yeah so it's most of the stuff I'm watching. But I occasionally kind of sneak my own little guilty pleasure watching. You know, I watched I watched the thing for because it's 40th anniversary of that. Yeah. You know, I watch my my kind of go to stuff every so often, and I watch my kind of. I watch, obviously, coming to Christmas, I'll be watching my Silent Night, Deadly Night. <laughs> Christmas, Bloody Christmas, I think that's coming out soon as well. I'm looking forward yes. to that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. We went into this a little bit before, but what are the horror movies that you won't watch at all or that you won't watch ever again? I think, yeah, just the extreme stuff, I think. I think, you know, I don't see myself watching Martyrs again. I don't feel my, I don't see myself watching things like Inside, Begotten, those kind of films I just don't I think once I've watched them that's it for me I kind of don't need to kind of see them again because there's no sort of enjoyment from them you could, I can watch like films like like Reanimator which is like another one of my favourite movies and uh, horror movies I should say I, I can watch that again and again because it's like there's, there's sort of sort of joy in it and there's like daftness and it's kind of silly as well as kind of scary and stuff but 
you can't really watch these movies again and I find it hard. I would find it, I would be really interested to find out, to speak to someone who's, who watches that kind of stuff kind of constantly and or watches, you know, those films again and again. Like I remember Andy recently got to, had to watch some of the, watch the Human Centipede movies. <laughs> and again, I, I just have no interest in watching them again. I've, I've seen them, that's it. I kind of push them down again. I just go, right, okay. I've had my fill with them. I'm just going to move on. I don't find it very interesting. After I've once once the shock's over, there is there isn't really anything there. And maybe interesting. Maybe films like like the like Antichrist or something like that, or you know the House of Jack. But maybe because there's, there's a certain amount of filmmaking in them. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna watch like what's that fucking one? It's like everybody talks about like Vomit Party. I think it's called. There's a film called Vomit Party. Oh, ew. Which is about like people vomiting. And I was ew. like. Like what after you all go of the shock of people doing of watching that film, why would you go back and go, do you know what I'm gonna watch this now? Like an old festive yeah. festive uh, round of vomit party. <laughs> no, those kind of films that I just I just I, like once I've seen them, I, I would never go back to them because they're just not that I have no I have an issue with them at all in terms of the way they are made. Yeah. I think nine, but ninety percent of them are just oh the, here's a shocking thing. Here's where somebody's yeah. penis gets chopped off. Let's yeah. let that's it, and it's kind of that's that's your movie. So, yeah, I, I don't think those are the kind of films I would really go back and watch. To they're not really. I think a lot of times when it comes to horror films, I want sort of a certain level of comfort. You know, like I, I can watch like things like Terrifier because they're stupid, <laughs> because there's some sort of there's sort of an inherent daftness and silliness to them. But there isn't there isn't in these kind of like these films. I don't think. I don't think they're. I don't know how you feel about those kind of those sort of extreme side. Is that something you've kind of dipped into yourself? Yeah, a lot of those movies I don't need to watch yeah. ever or again. So yeah, yeah, it's the same. Have you ever had any noteworthy experiences seeing a horror movie in theaters? Yes, I got to see. I'll tell you two. In fact, very quickly, I got to see The Exorcist when it came out. Was released in ninety ninety something. Uh, maybe 97, 98 maybe I got to see that in the cinema and that was like probably the one that kind of stands out the most because it was just so and I've never seen a film like that you know witnessing like maybe like I maybe seen like bits of it because like, obviously Exorcist is one of these movies that was talked about widely when, when I was when I was younger but you never got to see it it's always reference and stuff mm-hmm. but seeing it really then especially we talked about that scene where Reagan, the kind of first first Reagan scene, really where she goes, kind of mental, mm-hmm. uh, and she the crucifix scene is what I'm talking about. Yeah, that I remember seeing that for the first time, and fi- and like the whole cinema was like, like dead silent <laughs> for the whole, and then with the minute minute stopped, like it's, it just goes straight into like sort of like a sort of a scene of like just a kind of a town sort of thing. I remember I was just I was just kind of burst with laughing because I was so because I was so scared it was like almost like a sort of yeah. weird sort of scary release of like oh my god it's over well thank goodness kind of thing but that was like I would remember it just like pit, like you could hear a pin drop it was so scary the other one I'll talk about quickly is I went me and my mother went to see Orphan the original one yeah and like me and mom are very very we're, we're kind of we're arseholes and in, in the and the cinema we're very very feet kind of people when they're good in there because we don't like people talking eat people eating or anything like that. I can I can eat sometimes but like I don't like people talking it really annoys me my mum got really angry yeah. about it and I remember like a bunch of kids like teenagers 
obviously it's a horror, it's a daft horror movie. Yeah. To be mom, being horror purists, are kind of like like we want to watch this horror film about this this dwarven woman. I remember like they were, like I was like telling them to shut up. They were being so like loud and like garish. And I remember specifically the minute you find out about her being like a small woman. Yep. I remember like having to put my hoodie over my face. <laughs> Because I was like crying with laughter, and I was like, <laughs> I can't let these people know that I'm like that. La- I was like trying to stifle laughter, and as my mom was like, we can't laugh because we've just told these these people to shut the fuck up. If we laugh, we're, we're just one of them. We're just one of them. We're just we're one of the common folk. Oh. Uh, but I remember just like like literally like crying with laughter. Like I couldn't like stop. Like my whole body was like just <laughs> tense. Of like I I can't let myself laugh because. It was like it's so. I, I, if was not saying orphan, it's like the most daftish reveal because I've I don't like I, I like I'm almost, almost surprised how they made a second one because they've sort of given away like they they like you can't yeah. I can't go back and watch orphan now because if I didn't know about if I watched orphan first kill I'd go well oh she's just a wee wee woman all right go cool, okay fine. So not, have, no, <laughs> that, have that, you not watched orphan first kill yet? No, watch it yet. No, 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 not watch it yet. Oh, no, you no. should. It's good. It's good. I'm looking. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch yeah. it. Yeah, um, I like it. I'm looking forward to that. But yeah, that. But that was. Those are the most memorable ones I went to see in a horror movie. Um, strangely enough, I've seen I've seen more horror movies in the house, streaming or VHS or DVD than I have watched them in, in the cinema. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's like it's we, we only get like the kind of main ones. You only get the big, the kind of big sort of blockbustery ones. Mm-hmm. I think the Smile and Barbarian stuff are different, but. You don't. You have to kind of go out your way to see, like maybe the smaller cinemas. We have a place called yeah. the Glasgow Film Theatre, which is like a smaller cinema. We'll show like sort of like every so often they'll put like a smaller movie or a smaller horror movie on, mm-hmm. but they don't get to see. We would only get to see the bit, the big sort of like, the conjurings and stuff like that. Every so often they'll be like maybe it'll be like a showing of this of you know like Terrifier two, but it'll be on like on at like ten in the morning at like. On a Monday, and you're like, "Well, I can't go because I'm working." So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So most I get, mostly most of my horror reviewing is just in the house, or I say just on DVD or Blu-ray, yeah. I suppose, or streaming. Nice. So, what are your top five favorite horror movies in 2022? Wow, I'm saying Barbarians probably the top. I'm trying to, I now have to try and think of which ones have come out this year. <laughs> I've seen Deadstream. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think of other ones. I'm gonna. I'm. This, you got me in the spot now. I've been writing stuff down, so I'm just gonna try and see if I got it. Oh yeah. So I would say, if I was in no in no particular order here, I would say probably yeah. So Barbarian, Deadstream, which I think is amazing. Have you seen Deadstream yet? I did. I don't like Evil Dead, and I thought this character was so annoying. I hated it. <laughs> I, thought, I, I thought it was. I was funny. Funny. And I would say Incantation. Okay, I haven't seen that yet. That's on my list of things to watch. That's that's really good. That's really good. That's awesome. Where am I free now? I would say I would say men. Mm-hmm. And I would and I and 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 then I'm only putting men up there because I haven't seen Pearl yet, but I would say X as well. Okay, cool. I would say I would definitely think those are the those are my top five. If you put me in the spot, I would say those are my top five. I would say. What horror movies would you say you're most looking forward to seeing in 2023? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of what we have coming up. What do we have? Megan, Scream 6, The Nun I'm look- 2, I'm look- I'm looking for- Cabin. <laughs> Evil Dead Rise, I'm looking forward to. Okay. Megan, I'm looking forward to because it looks daft. Yeah. And I like sort of like every so often there's like a movie that comes in and I go, the trailer sort of hooked me in a little bit because it just seems so like, we heard dancing, that was like the, the biggest thing. I was like, 
Yeah. I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, she takes us a big blade thing. And she's like doing like sort of body bopping. I was like, right, okay, kind of in on this. Yeah. And I think it's a, it's a girl from Get Out as well. I think that she's in that. I'm looking forward to Renfield because obviously Nicolas Cage, amazing, yeah. best guy ever. What else I'm looking forward to? I don't know if I, I'm not. I'm not sure if I'm looking forward to Scream. The last, I think it's called The Last Scream or something. Like that Scream Six. Yeah, I didn't know that it was being called The Last Scream. That's weird. But yeah. I mean, I'm open to it. I'm open to them ending the yeah. uh, franchise. I think. I think it's yeah. I think I thought five wasn't that bad. I thought it was okay. I had some good bits in it. I think, but. I don't think it bowled him over as much as I as much as I love the, the first two. I think they're amazing, but it's not bad. What was I looking forward to? Oh, what I think. What did I think I was thinking about that? Knocking a cabin, that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that looks really interesting. Because I, I, I love Dave Batista. That's I love Dave Batista, so yeah. He's in that. And also Rupert Grant as well, which which I'm quite interested about. I'm quite listening to see him in, in a in a horror movie. I know he's in a cabinet of curiosity, which I'm gonna look gonna watch later on today, but apparently Apparently, we're getting the, the new Exorcist movie. Talking about Exorcist, so that will be either I don't know. I'm I'm very. I've, I've talked to Andy about this. I'm very like after Halloween ends. Ugh. I'm kind of like I'm very on edge about him doing the Exorcist, yeah. and because it's like it's meant to be again, like after the first Exorcist, like kind of a sequel to that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why? Why you're just doing the same thing? Like you're just gonna do like. A Friday the 13th movie was just straight after the first Friday the 13th. Are you going to do this? Is that what you're going to do? Is that what your legacy is going to be? Just making the sequel to the first movie, basically. So, yeah. about like 30 or 40 years later. So, yeah, no, I, I don't, I'm not holding out hope for that one, I don't think. But yeah, I mean, there's quite a few films that are kind of coming out I'm kind of looking forward to. They're going to be quite good. Yeah. Are there any horror movies that you love that people generally don't like? Wow. Well, you said Evil Dead. I don't understand how you can't like, like Evil Dead. I think it's amazing. Well, most people like Evil Dead. I don't. I think it's very cheesy. And I think, yeah, I just don't. I don't like it. It's not. No. Nope. It's too over is it the all top. Them? It's over the top for you? Yeah, it's okay, true. Okay, yeah. okay. I'm trying to think. I don't. I, I think I've got very pedestrian taste when it comes to stuff. <laughs> I think, uh, like, I don't I don't think a lot of people would really gravitate with watching Jello movies a lot as much as I do. Okay. Uh, like you said, itself, it's, it's, you have to kind of get over bad acting. Mm-hmm. They're very like, and they're obviously very, very overdubbed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can have to get used to that or reading subtitles is, is what I prefer. Yeah. So, because I'm a snob, obviously. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think those kind of, I think, don't think a lot of people like slashes. People have, seem to have a, a really big bone of contention against slasher movies that I, 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 I love them. I think they're amazing, but, and I watch any sort of dodgy one that it's getting about, but. I think a lot of people just kind of hate those those movies for some reason. They like they kind of like they like their kind of Jasons and their, their Michael Myers ones, but they won't watch you know like April Fool's Day or Mother's Day or you know those kind of yeah. those ones at all. The very dodgy ones. They watch they won't watch Prom Night Two, which is amazing. <laughs> Everybody should watch that because it's fucking mental. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, so that's I think that's where the ones that people I would say most of the time. When I talk about horror movies, they don't really seem to like those ones. Especially Andy. Andy doesn't seem to like those ones at all. But So we have a bit of a, a scuff on when it comes to the podcast. <laughs> if you could remake one horror movie, which one would it be? Oh my God. That's a hard one. <laughs> um, I always kind of take the the opinion that of Kurt Russell when he says that if you're going to make a movie that's... If you're going to remake a movie, you should make a movie that's shit and make it good. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of what would what would what would work in terms of a a shitty horror movie. Hmm. 
Um, what's a good question? Oh, I don't know. That's I would probably put them in the spot there. I think. What about Terminator Two? It's not a very good movie. So Just thanks for having me on, Alison. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Uh, no, I, I think I think if I was going to make I was going to remake something, I would I'd, I would try and pick, pick some sort of like. No, daft. I know. Yeah, yeah. I was kidding. I, feel, <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. Because I would have to end this podcast right now, and end a friendship, of course. I said can't come to podcast anymore. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's hard to say. I think that mm-hmm. there's a lot of movies that would. There's a lot. I've I've more. I have more qualms about people remaking films that I, I love. Yeah. And I have about making films that are remaking films that I really enjoyed or I thought were shit. They thought they should be yeah. being remade again. But yeah, so I'm, I think that one's a hard one for me to answer, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, totally fine. I'm, a, I'm a remake purist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my last question is if you had to spend quarantine with one horror villain, who would it be? I think Freddy, because at least it'd be, it'd be funny. No, Chucky. I would pick Chucky. Yeah. Because he's just like, is if he starts in the shit, you can just put him away. You can just like, he's like the height of shit. <laughs> yeah. He's like just tight, a tiny little thing. Like, I don't, that's why I don't understand about the Chuck. I love the Chucky movies, but I don't understand why you don't pick him up and just like launch him. Like, just <laughs> like he's like, he can't be that heavy, really, if you think about it in the, yeah. in the grand scheme of things. So, and also it's quite funny. I think, I think we would get on. Yeah. We, uh, especially nowadays where he's quite, he's quite woke. <laughs> uh, and then, and then, and the and new Chucky series is quite switched on when it comes to rights and transgender rights and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think Chucky. I think I, I think Michael Myers should be dead forever now. I'm quite <laughs> happy having Chucky as my wee pal. Nice, awesome. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time and coming on the show. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you and Roach Nowhere? You can. You can. You can find the podcast at, at Where Is Nowhere. Not where nowhere is with a K. Nowhere. You can find me nowhere, Larry. Again, with a key uh, on p- Twitter, uh, as long as that lasts, as long as Elon lets us stay on for. And <laughs> uh, you can also find the podcast on Road to Nowhere Pod on Instagram, and you can also find my my writing on the Geek Show and thegeekshow dot com. Awesome. Well, I hopefully we'll find a time for me to come on your show soon. But thank Absolutely. you, thank you so much for being here. Thank you much for having me. It's been awesome. That's it for this week's episode of Who's There? I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Larry and thanks again to Larry for coming on. You can follow us on Twitter at Who's There Pod. We're on Instagram at Who's There Podcast. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, horror movie recommendations, or you'd like to be a guest, shoot us an email at Who's There PC at gmail.com. Until next time, stay scary and get boosted. <laughs>